Welcome to the Consultants Council podcast, a place for consulting industry guidance and best practice advisory. Whether you're working to grow in your consulting career, you're managing and developing a consulting firm, you're working with consultants, or you're just interested in business and high-performance advice, we've got recommendations and education for you. I'm Kelsey Kreveling, founder and CEO of Kelsey Consulting, a firm focused on building high-performing organizations, teams, and individuals through a variety of ventures, including the Consultants Council. I've spent my career at the intersection of technology and management consulting, working with organizations across the country to help solve their toughest challenges, while also supporting the growth and development of multiple consulting firms, helping them improve their long-term performance trajectory. In addition, I'm an entrepreneur across a few different industries and I serve as a startup investor and advisor, promoting the ideas of other entrepreneurs as they work to gain traction in their industries. With so many people gearing up to launch their own businesses and establish their own consulting practices, I wanna make available the advice and lessons I've learned along the way. This podcast is made possible by Kelsey Consulting with media support by Class Act Media. For more information, check out our site at theconsultantscouncil.com and kelsey.consulting. That's K-E-L-S-C dot consulting. And now, stay tuned for this episode's counseling, because the consulting world is full of nuances, and the answer is always, it depends. What's possible? Do more. Hello, I'm Kelsey Krebling, founder of the Consultants Council, and today we're going to chat about how to supercharge a new job how to hit the ground running and make the first 30, 60, 90 days super successful. So there's a reason why on job interviews, a really common question is, tell us what you would do in your first 30 days, or tell us what you would do in your first 60 or 90 days. Because organizations wanna understand what bringing you on board is going to entail when you're entering a leadership type of position. How are you going to fundamentally organize yourself and the potential reports that you're gonna be managing so that you accomplish the goals that that company has for you. They wanna understand what your goals might be for the organization and really how you're going to go about making them a reality. So let's dig in. So when you're in the interviewing process, the best way to answer this type of question is to first and foremost make sure you've asked enough questions so that you can gauge what your response really needs to be. So that you understand enough about the organization that you can answer intelligently and comprehensively. That doesn't mean you need to be prepared to give a super in-depth response and detail every single consideration and component because you haven't yet joined the organization. Also, you wanna make sure you're not giving away too much know-how and insights into how you would arrange and align things for the organization that then they can just take and run with without you. So it's a fine line to strike. Uh, That said though, the best way I typically find to answer this question myself when going through the process, but also when I'm interviewing others, what I like to hear is I wanna know that they're being thoughtful and considerate around how they would align themselves and how they would get to know the team members and those that they're gonna be interacting with. I wanna know that they're gonna understand and spend time working to evaluate the organization and understand the different components of it and really getting immersed in all the different facets of the organization to make sure that they can then create a successful game plan. So usually something along the lines of, 
you know, first and foremost, wanting to listen and understand, um, meet with the team, meet with different team members one-on-one, -on -one, really get a good barometer on what's occurring within the organization and how the organization functions. That's really the first and foremost consideration when going into a new organization in the first couple of days, week or two. After that, starting to really assimilate what your future state strategy would look like, what you think the challenging areas are, what you think the opportunity areas are, and how you then would go about enacting game plans to take action on those components. And then in the long term, you know, in the 90 day timeframe, uh, really taking a look at what technologies need to be implemented or selected or changed, um, people, cultural changes, and um, some of the things that take a lot um, more time to put in place, that's really on the longer horizon. But really, when you're first getting started with an organization and that first uh, one, two, and three month time frame, it's get to know and understand the organization, create your future state strategy and structure, and then begin enacting your game plans around that. Also at the 90 day mark, you really can start to pivot and evaluate is your original evaluations and considerations that you gleaned in your first couple of weeks still active or do those need to be adjusted? Is your approach functioning or do you need to make some tweaks and changes? Uh, being open-minded and willing to continuously pivot and shift your approach as necessary to react to the environment that you are within is critical. Uh, and so when you're going through interviews, you know, I do recommend keeping your responses a bit more high level. Um, a bit more theoretical in nature because you haven't yet gotten all the details that you need about the organization to know exactly how you respond in the immediacy of, of working with them. But you should know enough about general good best practices to be able to craft a compelling response to how you would conduct yourself in working with an organization. So spend some time thinking about What's most important to you when you go into a new job? What do you want to know, understand, and learn? How do you want to make a difference? What is it that you've been hired to do? Are you going to be managing people or managing processes or being a um, individual contributor who is responsible for your own activities that you've been hired to do? Um, are you going to be in a leadership position? Uh, are you going to be in a kind of staff position? Uh, all of those different considerations will adjust the way that you hit the ground running. But spending time before you go through an interview and thinking about, okay, if I were to enter this job, what would I need to do in order to ensure my success in that position and to make sure that the client is, or the organization that you're joining is happy and feeling good about bringing you into the organization will be a really great way to make sure you're appropriately prepared for interviews but also then when you get the job, that you've already got a game plan kind of running in the back of your head of what and how you will execute. I also feel it very helpful to ask your interviewer what they would like to see you do or implement or accomplish in your first 30, 60, and 90 days. What are the key barometers of success that they're going to utilize in order to evaluate how you're performing? Knowing what those are really helps inform you as you're preparing for a potential job and determining is it something that you would want to take on and be a part of. If they've got completely unrealistic expectations for how you're going to be measuring success and how you would have to perform in that position, it might not be a great fit. 
Um, whereas if they've got maybe a low bar of expectations and that feels almost too easy to achieve or obtain, that might be something that you want to counsel them on and say, hey, I think we can do more than what you're outlining here. You know, I, I like where you're going with this, but I think there's some other things that I would like to see us also put into place. Um, having a, a comprehensive understanding of what the organization that you're interacting with is going to evaluate success as, how they're gonna see it, and then what they're gonna be expecting of you as you enter an organization will definitely go a long way towards making sure you make an informed, great decision about coming on board. It'll also help your interviewer feel really confident and comfortable that you're somebody who can step into that position and be uh, a great champion uh, towards what it is that they're trying to accomplish. All right, so we're gonna pivot a little bit into just exactly what I would do coming into a new position and into a new organization. So first and foremost, you know, throughout the recruiting process, I would be doing my due diligence on the organization and on the key leaders within that organization. Uh, if you want more info on how to do due diligence, we have a whole session on what that looks like and kind of how to go about doing your necessary research. Uh, but as you are now gearing up to start with a new organization, how can you really make sure that you're, you're well prepared? So I think, one of the first things I like to do is spend time with my direct leadership, who are the people that I'm going to be reportable, reporting to or accountable to. Uh, if I'm taking on a position where I'm gonna be managing others, I wanna know that as well, and who are my team members going to be? Uh, and then really setting up time with each of those different kind of groups of people um, or stakeholders, if you will, um, so that I can get to know them, get to understand what their priorities are, get to understand what their challenges are and limitations, um, and really just kind of get a pressure kind of gauge of how their area of ownership is operating, what's going well, what can be improved and optimized, and where they really feel like they need my support or help or assistance. Um, the same skills that I deploy on client assessments when I'm going in very quickly and having to assess an organization, meet with leadership, meet with different individuals and stakeholders and team members, and create a complete comprehensive picture of how things are performing, where there's opportunity areas, and where we're gonna take action, are the same skills that I use when I go into an organization in a position internally, uh, when I'm actually gonna work for the organization. There's a, the ability to quickly assess and evaluate the organization, the organization's politics, the organization's communication style, the organization's way of interacting um, and managing and running meetings and handling internal technologies and systems. Um, all of those things are gonna inform how you need to navigate that organization to be successful. And so, in the very beginning, I think kind of floating uh, gently across all of those different areas, not yet making firm evaluations or assessments, but really just kind of gathering information and using it to inform how you're then going to respond and how you're going to conduct yourself and what actions you're going to take is a super critical skill that I think a lot of people 
don't spend time appropriately cultivating. They go into an organization and think, this is my job, this is my job description, this is what I have to do, and I'm only gonna focus on this, and I'm not going to kind of sit back and observe. Due diligence and observation skills are incredibly critical to going into new organizations, whether you're going in as an employee or going in as an outside consultant, being able to survey and assess and evaluate before acting really makes a profound difference in making sure that your approach is catered and tailored to the organization that you're gonna be interacting with and the people that you're going to be interacting with as well. So once you've got a good gauge on the organization, the people that you're gonna be working with, the challenges and successes that are underway, uh, the opportunity areas, the ways that the organization makes money, the different business units, um, you've really understood you know, what, what are the, the strengths and also the challenges, you're ready to start crafting your approach and developing exactly what and how you're going to operate. A lot of these things are happening kind of simultaneously, at least for me. Um, I do a lot of these things innately without actually taking time to compute them. They're all kind of just happening simultaneously as I'm taking um, different information and inputs in. Um, but want want you to start kind of learning how and what to think about so that you can also operate that well. So um, I think one of the big things when coming into an organization where you're coming into a leadership position where you have an opportunity to impart your mark on the organization is culture. What kind of culture are you walking into? Hopefully, as a result of joining this organization, you have already evaluated the culture to determine if it's a fit for you and if you like it um, and if it's something that you want to be a part of. But if you're going to be coming into a position maybe where you're actually being asked to change the culture and you have an opportunity to craft and create a new dynamic of individuals and how they are all gonna work and you know, cohesively interact together, starting to define what you want that to look like, how you want your team to be operating, how you want them to interact with each other, how they want you, them to interact with you. Those are all important things to be kind of thinking through and mapping out um, in your initial kind of phase of getting to know the organization. Um, certainly, as you're entering any organization, you want to be respectful. Um, but depending upon your role and the role that you've been asked to fill, um, or the position that you've kind of been asked to fill, um, that might need to adjust and shift and change. So, you know, in different points in my career, I've been asked to serve in different capacities. You know, sometimes I'm getting to come in and getting to be the really friendly, happy, interactive leader who is getting to unite the team. Other times I've been asked to come in and have to be an outsider who is needing to really tighten up operations and having to adjust the perspective and the interactions that are being had. Maybe the culture has been you know, really negative and as a result we need to totally shift and change it, but we need a lot of accountability and structure and rigor uh, associated with it, which means we're not going to focus necessarily quite as much on the compassionate side of interactions. Now, I 
always work to lead from a place of empathy and consideration with teams that I'm going to run and lead. Um, but different approaches are oftentimes necessary dependent upon the results that you're looking to achieve and the timeline that you're looking to achieve them. If you're needing to come in and do a very rapid transformation that's gonna require some really tough decisions, that's gonna be a different approach than, hey, we're building a new team and we're all working to rally together, we're working to create something really exciting over a, a longer time frame, and we are really forging long-lasting relationships with team members. Those are different approaches. And so it definitely is gonna be really um, important for you to evaluate what role you're coming into what is the setting that you're stepping into and what is the team structure that you're going to be navigating. It's also really important to evaluate the geographic region that you're going to be operating in as well. Um, we'll go into that in more detail in another session. Um, but learning how to be a chameleon of sorts, to be able to put on the right approach necessary and cater and tailor that approach to the teams and the companies and the cultures that you're interacting is a critical skill for any leader. So once you've determined the organizational culture that you wish to cultivate amongst the team that you're working on, the personal kind of brand or signature that you want to bring to the table, uh, I think it's really important to take a look at the organizational structure of the team that you're going to be part of. So if you're in a position where you're going to be a leader and you're getting to determine or modify an organizational structure, um, really important to get a lay of the land of what's operating now, um, but really start to understand is that structure going to help you get to the goals that you're looking to achieve or are there opportunities where you might need to make some tweaks and changes. Uh, I am a very big fan of building positive interactive cultures with teams that all feel excited about the work that they do and rewarded for the skills that they bring to the table. However, it is rare that I get to walk into an organization where a team is already operating super efficiently and where there's not opportunities for optimization. And one of the big areas here is uh, that I get a lot of questions on from people is, you know, what's it like being a consultant going into potential clients or organizations and having to make recommendations around cuts and uh, job transitions for people. So if you're in a leadership position and as you're evaluating kind of the organizational structure, the team structure, and the team members that you've got on the team, uh, and you're identifying opportunities or places where there might be underperformance uh, and you need to make some recommended recommendations to leadership or take action yourself on modifications to that team. Um, I think one of the, the best ways I like to look at this, because it is a really tough position to be in, to change people's roles and positions and their status on your team, is that if someone is underperforming or not achieving the goals or the outcomes that are sought as a part of the work that they are doing, I think first and foremost there's the goal of can we counsel and support and coach a team member uh, to help them get to where it is that they need to be in order to be successful. That's always the stuff that you want to be taking and working with them in a very positive manner to get them there. But if over the course of time that approach is not rendering the results that you're seeking still, um, there's always an opportunity to coach someone out of the organization. 
And while some people look at this as a negative thing, I'm a very big believer in the fact that if someone's not performing a role successfully, they're not doing a great job, there's likely a reason why. It's not the right fit for them. That doesn't mean that there's not something out there that is a much better fit for them that they can be successful in. And so I really see job transitions as an opportunity to help people find another opportunity that might be a better fit for them, that they might enjoy more, right? Because if someone's not doing a great job in their role and they're not open to being coached and seeking ways to improve their outcomes, they're likely not that happy in that position. It's likely not the right fit for them personally, not just for the organization. And so really helping them explore that and determine what might be better suited for their skill set and their knowledge base and their interests. I personally think that that's really a win-win opportunity to be able to help match people with their native skill sets and with the things that they want to be doing and pursuing. All right, within the first uh, couple of days, weeks, of starting with a new position, once you've really gotten the lay of the land, I also really like to take a look at the meeting structure. How is the organization or the team that you're going to be working with interacting together? What meetings do they have in place right now in order to collaborate, communicate, and convey information, and to make decisions and move processes forward? Um, getting a pulse on what that looks like, going to each of the meetings that are kind of in place, and getting a good sense of what those are and what's accomplished during them helps you to understand and evaluate how you would optimize that structure into the future. A lot of organizations have unnecessary meetings and have redundancies and have just inefficiencies in those structures. And a lot of meetings can be cleaned up, shortened, um, reduced in terms of frequency or changed in terms of focus or just really refocus so they have very clear agendas and expectations as a result of them. So, Making sure early on that you're really getting involved in what those meetings look like, how you're gonna have them organized, who's gonna be leading them, and um, taking it as an opportunity to really kind of adjust, modify, and change that structure to achieve the outcomes that you're seeking. Doing this early on as you're joining an organization, not right away, because you need to first understand what's in place, um, but early on will really help optimize those structures and how you're interacting with team members uh, and making sure that you're not having those unnecessary uh, time wasters in the week. When it comes to meetings, I'm actually a very big proponent of less meetings uh, and having them very time bound within the week so that they allow for focused work outside of meeting times. Meetings oftentimes just explode and people think, oh, we just need to have a meeting or they can be at any point in time throughout the entirety of the week of 40 hours. That is incredibly inefficient. It does not allow for appropriate focus time to get the work done that one needs to actually accomplish, and it leaves people completely burned out. And so something that I've really implemented over the past many years is um, a focused schedule where I only schedule meetings, standing meetings on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, or Thursdays between the hours of about 10 a.m. and maybe 2, 3 p.m., depending upon the number of meetings that we have. Um, keeping meetings to that core portion of the week enables a lot more focused time on Mondays and Fridays to accomplish other activities, to deal with urgencies as they arise, um, and to allow focused, functional work to be done in an orderly fashion. So, for example, 
I'll structure team meetings as well throughout the week so that they progress in terms of expectation, where early on the week it's a quick status update or pulse check on how things are occurring or how a team is interacting, whereas by the time we get to Thursdays, it's uh, a time for reflection or you know an all-team meeting or leadership sharing expectations. Um, by progressing your meetings throughout the week, it enables the ease of progression of accomplishments throughout the week too, so that you're not trying to have like a check-in meeting on a Thursday and then like a full progress, you know, a status update meeting on Tuesday that hasn't progressed, at least in my head, in the right order. Um, and it hasn't allowed you to be appropriately prepared for that Tuesday meeting because you're now dealing with the whole weekend in the mix. So I generally like to have meetings structured in a way that are less frequent, much more focused, very clearly owned and outlined uh, with key accomplishments and expectations. All right, so once you've really worked to identify what your culture is gonna be, work to evaluate the organizational structure that you wanna employ, and work to evaluate the meeting structure and how you want to really organize your team in order to interact effectively and efficiently. Uh, one of the other top things I really like to be doing kind of in my first couple weeks once I've gotten my bearings and really understood the environment that I'm going to be navigating is really begin to set expectations with the team members that you're going to be working with and managing. Um, working to help them understand you know, what they can expect from you as a leader, uh, what and how you communicate and how you interact, um, and what you expect of them. Once you've really gotten to spend time getting to know your team members, know their goals, know their priorities, know their skills, um, it really is appropriate to then make it very clear and transparent what you expect of them, how you're going to be working with them, what and what standards you're gonna be holding them to, um, and how the team is gonna to continue to function. So. While expectation setting isn't necessarily something that you're gonna be doing when you first walk in the door, that would be very tough to do other than, hey, give me a moment to, to get my bearings and get to understand you all and get to, to navigate how we're gonna operate here. Um, it does become very critical then once you've gotten that structure in place to, to make sure that everyone on your team is appropriately aligned and that they understand what they can expect from you. This goes for not only your team members that you're going to actually be managing, but also for your colleagues that you're gonna be working with. If there's other managers, directors, executives that you're going to be interacting with on a regular basis, it's really appropriate once you've gotten to know and meet them to be able to set expectations with them as to what they can expect from you. You know, how can they anticipate operating with you? What are the goals that your team is going to be working to achieve? And how can you all collaborate efficiently and effectively in order to get to the, the goals and the outcomes that you're seeking? In addition, also appropriate to set expectations now with your leadership of what they can expect from you, what you've been able to gather and assess and evaluate, and what is it that you're going to be putting in place in terms of next steps and how you're going to be operating. These are the things I'm going to be doing, these the steps I'm going to be taking, this is what I'm going to need from you all and the support that I require. Um, you know, after that first kind of like two weeks to a month phase, that's really when I like to make sure that I'm starting to exert 
the um, roles and responsibilities of the role that I've stepped into and to the management of what it is that I'm going to be doing and achieving. Again, the timeline on that's gonna vary based on the role that you're stepping into, the complexity of the organization, the team members, and the nuanced structure that you might be operating within. All right, so as you're moving into month two of a new position, you know, you've worked to know your colleagues, to build relationships with your peers, to build a foundation of trust with your team members and a um, environment of engagement with your leadership teams. Uh, you're really ready to start evaluating all the processes and protocols and operations of the role that you're gonna be operating within and to really start to optimize what those might be. Um, depending upon the role that you're stepping into, I mean, that can be very nuanced, um, but if there's an opportunity for you to exert optimization or influence over the structures that are in place, the technologies that are in place, and in the outcomes that are in place, um, now is the time to start to really do that. It's also the time to evaluate what the long-term strategy is going to be. What are the long-term goals going to look like? Where are the areas of opportunity um, that you perceive to be possible um, that you think that you can get to? Really evaluating what your, what your game plan for the group that you're going to be working with is going to be. Now, that varies differently depending upon the role that you've come into. If you're entering a new position as you know, a consultant in a new consulting firm, you know, your, your room and opportunity for that might be um, a bit more limited than if you are coming in as a VP being asked to oversee a whole new area or, or joining, joining an organization as a manager of a new team. You know, those are, that's gonna flex a little bit depending upon the position and the specifics that you're stepping into but I definitely find month two being the time to take what you've learned and to start generating what your roadmap or game plan strategy is going to look like and what it's going to be. You've developed relationships and rapport, you've worked to understand the environment that you're interacting with, you know the technologies and tools that are in place, and you're able to start really being able to kind of make some strides towards what your future state is going to look like and what it is that you wanna be achieving and accomplishing. At this point in time, I often find it also beneficial to really start regular cadence of meetings with your team members and with your kind of key stakeholders who are um, the individuals that are benefiting from the services that you're rendering, whether they be internal, external, um, leadership in nature, you know, that depends on the role that you're in and the customer base that you service. Um, but you're ready to start operating. You're ready to, to really start making the um, accomplishments that you've been hired to achieve happen. And so setting up the regular cadence of conversations with your team members to be soliciting feedback from them on how are they doing, um, how are they performing, how are they feeling about you know the, the environment that you are leading um, is really critical, as well as obtaining feedback from your clientele um, or your stakeholders really helps to evaluate, are you on the right track? Is what you're doing getting and gaining the results that you're looking for? Or are there continued opportunity areas where you wanna to continue to kind of move the needle um, and adjust and pivot? Uh, I think throughout a tenure as a new leader in an organization, being really open to feedback, being really open to 
pivoting as necessary to match the expectations of the organization that you're in, super critical. And that only happens by keeping um, an ear open for that feedback. You know, I think a lot of leaders come into organizations and one of the reasons why they're, they're not able to be successful is they take too long to hit the ground running. They take too long to get up to speed. And they unfortunately um, underestimate the expectations of leadership that they make a profound impact quickly. Um, there's only so much time that leadership is going to grant to a new leader to be able to be seen as taking kind of command or ownership of an area or a team and being able to render competence in that area. And so that's something that I would just caution and um, you know recommend that yes, there is time to understand the organization. You certainly want to make sure that you are doing your appropriate due diligence and getting the lay of the land, but that you are doing so rapidly in a way that is already starting to showcase results and positive shifts and adjustments. Um, and also portraying a level of competency and competence um, with your responsibilities um, and ownership of that position and of a team that you may be managing. Also, with regard to kind of leaders taking a little too long to hit the ground running and um, get going in a new position, you want to use the momentum that you've gained as a result of joining an organization. Change is hard. Organizations oftentimes don't like change, but there's a great catalyst that comes with a new leader coming into place to be able to now affect change and to adjust processes, to adjust technologies, to adjust team structures, and you don't want to lose that momentum when you come into an organization. So yes, take time to get up to speed, but then be prepared to make some radical shifts if necessary um, quickly, because if you don't, then you lose that momentum and it becomes much harder the longer you've been in an organization to affect change. It's actually one of the reasons why organizations oftentimes do look to consulting firms in order to help them shift in how they operate because it's very difficult to affect change once you're already inside an organization and actively operating. You already have an approach, you already have a process, everyone's comfortable with it, and they don't wanna shift and adjust what it is that they're working on or doing. Uh, whereas you bring in a consulting firm or you know a new leader and they're able to quickly assess and evaluate how that organization is performing and to make radical shifts and adjustments necessary to pivot. Uh, and so, I would just keep that in mind as you're stepping into a new position is, are there opportunities for optimization? And if so, creating a game plan for how exactly it is you are going to enact those changes uh, with the approval of leadership, but to get to the, the goals that you've been hired to achieve. All right, and as I'm rounding kind of the corner on month two into month three, I'm really taking a look at my team's reporting and how it is that we are communicating our results to leadership, to external stakeholders, to our colleagues and peers, and internally. Um, you know, we've gotten a chance to see how we're operating, we've gotten a chance to see how we're performing and what it is that we're delivering upon, and it's really time to be able to start promoting that, to see where there's areas for us to, to radically change or shift and adjust, we're taking those steps, um, but then we're also really taking the time to bolster and build awareness internally within our organization as to what our team does, who we are, how we're performing, and if there's opportunities to, to showcase 
that progress. Um, you know, this can take many different routes dependent upon the organization and the type of team that you're working on, um, whether it be, you know, the team starting to generate a, a monthly status report or doing a quarterly newsletter or putting out quick bulletins. Um, that totally depends on the organization that you're working within. Uh, but really taking time to take a look at the persona that your team has and the reputation that you're working to build for that team within your organization and look at opportunities to continue to bolster that reputation um, because that's going to showcase to leadership what your team is doing, how it is functioning. And guess what? When your team is well known for a good reason, as in you're performing well, uh, that goes a long way into the budgets that you obtain, into the opportunities for continued advancement of team members, for opportunities for uh, growth of team and new responsibilities and new projects that you get to take on. So taking an opportunity to really bolster that reputation goes a long way. And that's something that I definitely like to focus on um, as I'm rounding the corner of month two into month three. Now, I'll be the first to tell you, these are all things, whether it be from the very get-go through month three and then forward into the future, that are running on the background, kind of on autopilot in my subconscious. They're all things that I'm kind of computing all at the same time as I'm having different interactions and really working to craft my approach with an organization. But taking the time to pull them out and parse them out and really think critically about each of them will help make sure that as you're gearing up for a new position, you're ready for it. Um, if this is not something if, if stepping into a new organization is not something that is familiar to you, it's not something that you've had to do many times in your career, it can feel uncomfortable. It can really um, be hard to navigate. And so my goal with this session is really to help you get fluent in how to step into an organization or step onto a new project team or step into working with a new client with ease. Because the more comfortable you get, navigating new interactions, new teams, new clients, the better you'll become at being able to quickly craft your approach, adjust your perspective and how you interact, and lead it successfully. So goal here being that the teams that you work with are able to achieve their goals. And with that, I really hope that getting a clear picture of how I would step into an organization and kind of the key critical things that I'm keeping in mind uh, throughout that life cycle of getting started. Hope it's helpful for you. All right, and on a final note with regard to starting with a new organization and stepping into a new position, I wanna focus a little bit on the politics at play as you're navigating your relationships. I always like to enter an organization with an open mind. Uh, if you're interested in how I specifically handle diplomacy and communications, there's a whole section on that that you can dig into where I talk about my approach to navigating new relations and interactions. Um, but joining a new organization, you're coming in as an outsider. You are stepping into a new culture, a new environment, a new way of doing things. And maintaining A, an open mind, and B, a positive, can-do, diplomatic mindset uh, will go a long way towards making sure you get off on the right foot and are able to build great relations. So 
I definitely am always optimistic anytime I'm interacting with new individuals. Uh, keeping that in mind as I go into those interactions is certainly very profound for making sure that I'm going to be able to collaborate and communicate positively and, and productively. Um, but then also really starting to kind of just weigh and evaluate the individuals that are going to be great champions and cheerleaders of the work that you're doing and of the work that your team is doing. Um, kind of starting to, to gauge that early on um, is really critical. Because when you need to gain and garner support for maybe specific efforts or specific budgetary approvals or you want to get something um, achieved or known or seen, you know, building those positive relations with all the different teams that you're going to be liaising and working with will go a profoundly long way in the success uh, that you're working to achieve. So, you know, organizations are rife with challenging personalities and difficult interactions. And I think that is often the product of teams not feeling safe, of being um, penalized for the results that they achieve, or the work that they do, or you know, everyone kind of feels like the other team members are out to get them and they're being pitted against each other. That is never an environment or culture that I like to build. I uh, always work to build one on collective and team success and look what we can all do and achieve together. However, um, that necessitates building really positive relations with all the different teams that you work with. And you get to do that by coming into every conversation from a position of consideration and diplomacy and focusing on what it is that we can do and achieve together. So again, if you'd like to learn a little bit more about my specific approach to how I navigate those type of relations, go check out diplomatic uh, conversations and challenging communications. Uh, but I definitely think it's wise as you're gearing up for interacting in a new organization to focus on really building a great reputation within the organization, and that happens by being really open-minded, friendly, considerate, and positive from day one. All right, so if you are gearing up to start a new position or to even just evaluate a new organization, you're going through the interviewing process, I hope that this session on how to really hit the ground running to evaluate your first 30, 60, 90 days effectively is helpful as you make that transition. My goal is for you to be able to be super successful in your new role and for the teams that you work with to be able to achieve the goals that they're seeking. So with that, good luck and I wish you all the best. And that's a wrap on this episode of the Consultants Council. Thank you so much for your interest and engagement. Let us know what you'd like to learn more about by writing into info at theconsultantscouncil.com. Thanks to Kelsey Consulting for sponsoring this podcast and to Class Act Media for the media support. And with that, cheers and all my best. Have a great week. And remember, what's possible? Do more.